Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third UTAB Music Talk podcast. My name is uh, Obarnea. You can call me Barney. Alongside with me is uh, Tomai Munihan. Did I Ma- pronounce it? Ma ni hun. My God, I will never get that right. No, <laughs> ma- no matter what, it's, it's how, t- how many how many hours we spend during the days, I will never get your last name right. So, so uh, you can always say Tomai, and I'll just finish it. I'll go Money Hun. Money at hun. the end. Okay, Tomai. Money hunt. All right, this is the guy who's uh, <laughs> with me today, and uh, we are glad you are here with us once again. So we've been doing this uh, music talk for the past uh, couple of weeks, and we work together, and we decide on the topics we want to bring up here, and just uh, dig in through our brains for you to have something nice to listen to while you're on your way to work or just falling asleep. So every time we discuss the topics, but Today, uh, like everyone else, we are gonna um, dedicate this entire podcast to the one and only, the man himself, Mr. David Boy, who recently, just two days ago, uh, passed away. Or whenever you're listening to this. Or whenever you're listening to He's this. He's passed away. He so. passed away, and uh, this is a complete uh, shock for everyone. Um and this is uh kind of humbling doing a podcast like this uh and and dedicating the entire thing to him because there's nothing on my mind for the past couple of days when regarding you know music or or whatever is trending right now totally, totally so um this is what we need to do and we hope you're gonna like it but yeah. before we do um we are here at uh the utab offices and we would like to tell you a little bit once more about the things that we do here every day so this is to my so uh i'll start with uh utab being the place for any david bowie lover Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just joking. It's, no, we it's have a, a lot for, of David Boy content going around on YouTube. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, so any uh, music lover, which I hope is also a David Bowie lover, obviously this is a David Bowie-themed uh, episode, so I'm going to say that a lot. Uh, it's a place for any musician to come learn any song uh, and talk to any uh, any musician and uh, be able to use our uh, special algorithm to receive the chords and lyrics to basically any song. Uh, other than that, we have the magazine that Orr is, uh, is dealing with, <laughs> and uh, there you can read all kinds of articles about the most crazy things, uh, stuff like the guitar, the cardboard guitar, and David Bowie's death, and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that's it, really. And we are about to launch some nice platforms this coming months. Yes, so uh, stay tuned. So stay tuned, mobile and web, lots of nice things for you music lovers who like to play around with chords, lyrics, tab, fingering, everything you need to do, uh, everything you need if you're an active music lover and you have a guitar at home or keys or whatever, just reading the news about music. So stay Stick to it, and we're going to update you every single day. Yep. All right. So, David Bowie, man. Yes. So, that was a complete shock. Um, I got the message. Let me say this. I'm going to talk a little bit about the media thing around it. So, um, David Bowie was sick. Uh, He had cancer for a year and a half, which only his uh, family and very close Uh, uh, people to him knew about it. Uh, When reading the news and reading all the things now, 
even his bandmates uh, did not know about his sickness. Uh, the one person that did know is uh, Tony Viscotti, his uh, producer, mm. uh, which did lots of music and albums with him. And he wrote this uh, wonderful um, post after David Bowie's death uh, that, uh, and he, he wrote, I knew, of course, I knew about this and I was sort of waiting for it. And still, now when it happened, I cannot believe it. I can, I can, or I, I'm pronouncing it probably wrong and, and the way he wrote it is extraordinary, but he, and, and the time of, of he, him being sick, he worked on his last record, which is called Black Star. And now when you look back on it, like 80% of the content when you read online is how he like planned his death. Yep. Well, he day he, day. he expected it because it was yes. for a year and a half he was sick. A year and a half, yeah. And it was just getting worse and worse. Yeah. So he kind of knew what was happening. Yeah. It's funny how uh, nowadays every single celebrity we we know we expect them to notify us about their personal life. We expect. Yeah, it. of course. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of funny how you know. And I I really respect him not you know keeping that personal aspect of him even though he was such a vibrant guy mm -hmm. you know showing like being like yeah you know i don't mind dressing up as a woman and you know being bisexual or whatever he was very open but the moment something that something like that came he really wanted it to be a personal thing mm -hmm. uh i also i i saved a an interesting uh quote from uh brian eno Oh, who was who was a really good friend of his, which I love, and everything that Eno did with David Boy is incredible. Yes, they were they were a, a very good uh, duo. Yeah, uh, they did the the most perfect things together, and uh, it's it's interesting to see how Brian Eno was affected by David Bowie and how David Bowie was affected by Brian Eno. The well, moment they met, yeah, it was like yeah. both of them exploded in their minds. The, the, I think the true story what people tell is is at the beginning. It was Boy that actually wanted to be Eno, because Eno was the uh, flamboyant record producer and musician that was dressed in women's clothing and makeup and all. Oh, really? And all, and all also, Eno was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I didn't know that and all that stuff. And it was actually Boy that um, copied Eno's style. Interesting. And not Eno for Boy. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, the only thing I notice is that at, the, at a certain time when they met and they started working together, you can really see how Eno was like, "Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this little part that uh, Bowie is able to, uh, you know, produce in such an amazing way, mm -hmm. and try and make it my own." Same with David Bowie. The moment he met him, really affected the way he sings and the way his the sound is produced. Mm -hmm. All of this very ambient and more. Uh, percussion of like mass this very exploding sound came out of david bowie after meeting brian yes. eno which is 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 now very iconic with uh, david bowie but at the time uh you know you didn't really know what to expect from him and it was it was kind of started at just the beginning so what happened with uh brian eno is he got a mail uh an email from uh, david bowie a couple of days before his death uh, it was, uh, I'll just read what, uh, okay, just read it, yeah. what Brian Eno, uh, talked about the email. So this is a quote from, uh, an interview that Brian Eno had after his death. I received an email from him seven days ago, David Bowie. Uh, it was, uh, it was funny as always. And as surreal looping through words, games, and illusions and all the usual stuff we did. 
It ended with the sentence, thank you for our good times, Brian. They will never rot. And it was signed, Don. Uh, I realize now he was saying goodbye, which I thought was such an interesting thing. This guy stayed that unique character he His was. His character, yeah. Even, from, even, you know, they met so long ago. Yeah. And he kept that unique way of speaking yeah. and that interesting relationship they always had, calling himself Don and saying that <laughs> the relationship will never rot, which is such a weird way of looking at, at yes. life, is, is, uh, is fascinating to me. Uh, That's very emotional and heavy. Um, and it's a very David Boy thing to do, I think. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> um, and it's amazing. Yeah, on his probably deathbed. Yeah, writing an email to Brian Eno. Um, it's 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 very emotional. I'm actually tearing up a little bit right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, the amount of uh, of love he got. I didn't know how loved he was. I, he was loved for me, but. I mean, I didn't know it was so strong for so many people. Uh, what they did in his hometown, if, mm -hmm. you, if, if can you explain about that? Because I didn't really know. I know that the, there was a, a club there that they created a huge party. It was in Brixton? I don't remember now. In Brixton, yeah. In Brixton, in okay. Brixton, yeah. So London, Bri in London, they, yeah. they made a big party there. They they. Uh, put they all sang, these graffitis they, everywhere. And they and sang just, song outside. So yeah, like everybody it was, simultaneously. It was a huge it. production, and yeah. it was all so natural for mm -hmm. them. It was as if they were planning it, but it really wasn't planned, which was so interesting. Uh, it's also fascinating to see how people are so interested in like his last words and and yes. and what were his last actions they there's they want more david bowie it's like we were really having a hard time to let of letting go of david bowie uh, i was just reading about uh his last uh uh the last twitter account he followed do you know what, what oh last God. twitter what, account what, what, he what, followed what was it it was god <laughs> He followed an account called God. What a great man. <laughs> and I mean, it could be all planned, which is, is even wackier. He, I mean, he took interest in what is about to come, which is his death. Yeah. Probably. That's why the mail to Brian Eno and, and all the record and, all, and everything. Like he, he planned those last days as another production. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe another step in his life saying goodbye and everybody says like the the alien you know the whole ziggy stardust thing yeah the, the alien from mars uh came down to earth he was here for 69 years and now he has to co go back yep uh, and and which is a cliche it's kind of funny but it's kind of true you know it's it's he, it's very it's a very david boy thing to say <laughs> yeah after after listening to him uh for a very long time now uh, since since his death uh it's been much more intense listening yes uh he really is an alien yeah. it's really just like yeah. man those eyes and the look and then the music it's just like where the hell did you bring all of this stuff? I, th I think, look, there, when you said people surrounding in his hometown around his death, I think the only death um, of a rock star that we experienced was that was so major uh, in our or previous generation is John Lennon's death. Yeah. If, if I want to compare it to something, which is very different because John Lennon was murdered. Yeah, and uh, David Boy, well, he disappeared from this world uh, surprisingly. Yeah, big, it was still a big, it surprise, was still a big surprise. But he was sick for a year and a half, so so it was not. It's not. It's not the same thing at all. And there isn't any um, anger in this situation. There isn't any anger about anybody. Yeah, yeah. of course. 
Um, but if we look at the amount of influence and legacy that one person leaves behind in his lifetime, so John Lennon will be the only equivalent I can think about um, when referring to David Boy, and the next person that is going to die that will be equivalent to David Boy and John Lennon will be Paul McCartney. Yeah. If I think, and Paul, which is, and Paul is even different because Paul's main legacy is the music, is the songs. Yeah, he never the, really did more than and that. And the performance in, in his, and the songwriting. John and David, each one in his own um, way, did so much for our society as human beings. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Lennon was the whole political way and the whole anti anti-famous and and the whole um, social issues and political issues and everything. And Boy was, first of all, one of the greatest fashion icons of all time. Mm, yeah, of all course. All time. <laughs> what, whatever, whatever you may, however you may look at it. And second, he was so determined on the stuff on his mind. There's um, now, after his death, so of course, lots of... Um, all interviews are starting to come up, especially the TV ones, because everybody wants to see him alive and talking. So there's an, like an old interview from the early 90s on MTV, um, which will link to this uh, when we put this podcast up, um, where he is interviewed by an MTV uh, journalist. And then David Boyce starts to talk about uh, how uh, MTV does not broadcast enough music created by black people hmm. and the interviewer starts to argue with him he says of course we do and, and 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 he he you know he takes defense on the place where he works but boy doesn't give up he he stays determined he says listen you have to change this you have to change and he sticks to and he was just there plugging whatever it was like an album or, or a song or but he stays determined and it's always been like this yeah, like well, he's, he's he's the most anti-judgmental person. Yes. He doesn't mind uh, gays in any way. He's not afraid of anything. Well, and he really, so a lot of people will claim that David Bowie was gay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that's you know, part that's, of the thing. Yeah, he yeah. was like, he believed that you need to love a person. Of course. Uh, you need to love his spirit. You need yes. to love him as who he is and not what does he like uh, in bed or what is his color absolutely, or absolutely. his accent. But John or, Lennon was the same way. Kind of the same way. Like, well, it you know, took him more time. I yeah, mean, yeah, man, yeah, Bowie yeah. did it from a very young age. Straight from the beginning. Yeah, yeah Bowie he, was there, yeah. He, and that's why, again, he's an alien because yeah, it's yeah. just, man, you, you just landed how, but here. But this is how the world's supposed to look like. Yeah. This is how like free and liberated and, and everybody should be David Bowie. And, <laughs> and, and, and if I want to um, do another equivalent here so another person dying which is kind of similar to david is freddie mercury yeah i think and the reason for that is that because freddie mercury was also very determined in his uh beyond the music uh was in his message to the people like what he thinks about and what's um I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little slow because I'm trying to fix the camera here. <laughs> trying to do a little uh, plug for the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, what I'm what I'm saying is that Freddie Mercury 
was uh, also very determined in his in his mission. He was also a very big fashion icon, the stuff he chose to wear and how it reflected on other people. But the thing about Freddie and David is they are they both cater to all uh, genders. Yeah. And when I say genders, I mean straight and homosexuals, blacks, whites, well, Japanese, blacks, white, whatever, in all, of all platforms and kinds. Because if I want, if I'll be a little stereotypical for a second, okay. so not a lot of straight men listen to Elton John. Okay. And not a lot of, uh, um, let's say, gay people who are very deep into... Um, dance music and and stuff like that that are really big on pop music which is which is a very big thing in in, in the gay community uh, are not hardcore Beatles fans yeah like but David boy everyone likes that guy <laughs> really it's 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 crazy I mean there's there's not I, never never I've seen a person that said yeah I don't like David boy that much you cannot you cannot This, there is, uh, there like is always something about David Boy that you are going to like. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, something that's interesting and uh, I started thinking about when I uh, when when he died was that I was like, wow, there's this um, from the point at around uh, the 60s, 50s, I'd say uh, the whole idea of uh, pop culture. And that idea of us uh, retaining uh, bands and art and culture, basically, uh, and passing it through generations mm -hmm. started from the Beatles and David Bowie. And all. that was like the first generation. Before that, there wasn't really any recorded music that really w was kept in the culture. Like, this is part of our culture, the Beatles it's, it's, and David Bowie. And... Uh, And it's, it's fascinating to me to see now that what's happening when all of this first generation of uh, documented culture, what will happen when that is passed to the second generation and, and they don't exist anymore, they're yeah. dead or, or whatever. It's, it's interesting to see like how long will David Bowie last? I mean, for, for, I think it's something probably, that's so engraved in our forever, culture. Probably forever. Yeah, but it's interesting to think now that this is, wow, we're, I mean, when he died, I was like, wow, this is like, we're on the edge. This is when all of that, those first people that really made like this mass production yeah. of like worldwide fame that everybody knows them. You go to Japan, they know who David Bowie is. Yeah, you go course. to anywhere and they know who it is. That wasn't, that didn't exist before the 50s, 60s. Oh, yeah time and uh it's it's interesting to see you know also what you and me will pass on to our children how will that affect their generation mm -hmm. in the aspect of pop culture and, and documented and how much can we hold in our minds is is also amazing in this aspect is is it's fascinating to to see the impact yeah uh of all this of how this happened um other than that his past <laughs> Yeah. Is, let's talk a bit now that we talked about today and yeah. everything his past so you said the fashion where do you think that started well it started straight from the beginning when david boy released his first album which is entitled david boy um it started straight from the beginning if you look um there's this uh, movie called uh, control about <clears throat> the life story of ian curtis which was the singer for joy division So the first scene in that movie 
is Ian Curtis in his hometown in Manchester, uh, just a kid, 16, 17 years old, has a David Bowie poster on his wall, and he plays boy on a record player, puts makeup on, and singing um, boy songs in the mirror. <laughs> um, and that is uh, a great mirror for us to see the massive, uh, the huge uh, connection, connection and inspiration boy was giving everybody since right from the beginning. Um, and he never stopped. The thing about, um, if we're talking about a little bit about the past and what boy did, so there's a, a, a very easy way for artists that have been around for decades, famous major ones that are really rely on nostalgia. Um, that they have to play this song or that song where they go live and they have to reissue those great albums that they made 30, 40 years ago. Play the hits, basically. Yeah, play the hits. However it's done, play the hits. But David Boy was a little bit different because he always progressed and he really, really um, made his music in according to the relevant sound that is today. And a lot of people did that, but Boy did it wonderfully, whether if it's the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. And, and he really explored the music right deep into it. He had great partners doing it with, but he really explored the music going into it, um, especially uh, back in the 90s, like working with a person like Trent Reznor which is a beautiful combination because it's, it's of course you're going to work with Trent Reznor. Who else? David Boy and Trent Reznor. It's, 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 it's the thing that has to happen, right? Um, and, and the stuff they did was, was, was beautiful. And that was David Boy in his essence. Not only, not only the, the music itself, but playing it for it. And I think, which is kind of funny too, because one of my best uh, uh, memories of David Boy as, as a fan is him uh, playing Andy Warhol in the Jean-Michel Basquiat movie, which is called Basquiat. And, and it's, it's a great movie about, about uh, Jean-Michel, who was an, uh, an artist a graffiti artist and then an artist in New York in the 80s, which was discovered by Andy Warhol and Andy Warhol yeah. uh, made him his protege. And uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat died not a long, not a, um, long years later after he was discovered and became famous. And in the movie, which is great, if, a, if anybody um, is interested, he really uh, needs to watch that movie. It's, it's done perfectly well. What's the name again? Basquiat. Basquiat? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a great movie. It's shot in New York, of course, and, uh, boy plays Warhol, which they were also good friends at the time. Hmm. Uh, um, so he, <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, Bowie knew everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so he plays him very, so he plays him very well. He does a perfect impersonation of Warhol with the wig and the talk and everything. I don't know. Uh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know Are you sure about that? He plays it. Remarkably, and, and, and him as an actor, we're going to talk about that a little bit more now. Yeah. But um, so Warhol, like David Boy, was kind of the same, like always pushing the envelope, right? Yeah. Like changing with time when, when things progress. So he changes his art the same way it needs to be relevant for today. 
Also, but I, I, you know, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, uh, David Bowie's music is really one album. It's like it's you can listen from any time uh, to any song that uh, David Bowie ever created, and it will always feel connected to something that he did in the '80s compared to something he did in the '90s, mm-hmm. to the '70s, to to the 2015 it it really mm-hmm. it, it he they all connect so well i mean i i just shuffled his music and i had no idea what album it was yeah. in because it just felt like wow yeah, this yeah. is david bowie i mean there, it isn't really an album it's yeah. really, it, i'm sure he connects all the songs in a certain theme but the sound of of each uh song is so uh connected to uh david bowie which that's where I could agree with you on Freddie Mercury is, is the same thing, but that's just because of his iconic voice, not the iconic sounds and the way he presents the music. Yeah, yeah. Freddie was a part of the band. Yeah, and it yeah, was it was, was like uh, Freddie Mercury was like, wow, you hear that voice and you're like, boom, it, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, David Bowie, it, maybe the voice could not be recognized. That's true. But that's true. the music, you could understand that this the concept, vast, the vision, the yeah, everything around it. Yeah. It was it was it was odd but recognizable yeah. and uh, that was always so intense uh, when I started like my first memory of him is from uh, the song Ashes to Ashes mm-hmm. uh, watching the clip my dad was like uh, check this out I don't remember why he, ch- he showed it to me I was rather young I was like maybe 10 or 12 and I was like this is weird like didn't understand it at all uh, the weird the, the music sounded interesting but it was very hard to consume as a as a kid uh but all i remember is david bowie in his funny clown uh, mm-hmm. costume there and this odd movement where uh, people would walk around in the clip and they'd pick up their hand up in the sky and then crouch down and touch the floor they just walk a couple like maybe three steps and then do the same action pick up their hand up high and then crouch down and touch the floor and i was like that was just like mm-hmm. where did he bring that what where is that from is this like some kind of culture i don't know and later on i understood that there's this whole there really is a culture to his music and to what he's trying to say, especially in Ashes to Ashes, talking about the end of uh, of an era for him and uh, referencing all of these other songs and talking about him as, as an alien mm. really was like, uh, I was like, wow, this is like, I could never, I never was able to find a uh, artist with so much depth uh, in his lyrics and his sound that created such a strong uh, connection between all of the songs, which was fascinating to me. And yes, also television. It, yes. When you see him, you know what you're going to get. And, yeah. and it's it's always very powerful. Always to the extreme. Yeah. Uh, Mr. David Boy, if you've seen, there, he, he was an actor in, in several feature films. Maybe the most famous one is The Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, where he played sort of a lead role there and did, did he played the villain. And he did it remarkably well. Um, Even though the the movie is extremely dated nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that movie. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Connelly plays the lead, and David Boy is is maybe maybe not the lead, maybe the supporting actor. But he's also like the lead, and he um, he takes the baby away from her, and she has to go through a labyrinth to get the baby. <clears throat> very back. S- simple story, rather very simple, like a f- little fairy tale back. Like a, uh, Rumpelstiltskin kind of a thing, and um, 
and boy is incredible yeah is <laughs> i think it's maybe it was the first time that i actually liked the villain oh yeah uh, and now it's now it's very trendy everybody likes villains right but but this is the first time i said well this is, uh, i kind of hope that he will win <laughs> and and not the good people i kind of <laughs> hope because you can see his good heart or whatever it is um and he was a great actor too playing in that movie and and playing Andy Warhol in in the Jean Jean-Michel Basquiat movie yeah the, the movie others. i always i always remember uh is uh, Zoolander he has a little little oh, yeah, tiny yeah, thing there yeah, yeah. but that's the first time i really understood i was like wow yeah i could under i could see him as like a fashion icon yeah yeah of course because up until that point i that's was like that's why that's why they took david boy because he's a because he's a remarkable fashion icon yeah yeah and uh, it fits at the, up until that point i just i did i thought he was just a weird guy and then i was like wow no that actually is like he does really define what is fashion mm -hmm. in a way uh and you can see it in uh alexander mcqueen i know we're getting off of the music topic here but i was actually at an exhibition of of alexander mcqueen in london like six months ago oh really it was pretty amazing I and say, and yeah. that is the Uh, that really shows the music in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. Taking Bowie into that is is a very interesting thing. Yeah. Also, uh, all of the other collaborations that David Bowie, uh, it was so nice to see how David Bowie is able to enter a certain kind of uh, band or 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 uh, movie, anything really, and do, not do a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. It was so easygoing. Uh, a nice example of that is he also helped uh, Arcade Fire with their album. Yes. And he was uh, the backup singer in the song Reflector there. Mm -hmm. He just did a, a couple of voices. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. barely hear him. And it's not like he went and was like, yeah, I did this. Or he didn't. He really didn't do any a big deal about it. It wasn't like, yeah, I helped them produce. I'm co-producer or whatever. <laughs> it was just like, no, I, I enjoy them. Uh, they're good people. They have good souls, and I enjoy their music. They're doing something interesting, and I'm I want to pass the torch, kind of thing. And it was interesting to see how every single thing he did was was uh, a symbol of something he believed in. Yes, same thing goes with Trent Reznor. He did this. One of the greatest collaborations was a song, which is one of my favorite David Bowie songs, called "I'm Afraid of Americans." Um, which is a great song and it has a great, it, it all produced by uh, Trent Reznor and it sounds very Trent Reznor-y, very nine inch <laughs> nails kind of a thing. And the video is actually great because you see uh, David Boy and Trent Reznor in the streets of New York and Boy is like on the run. He's afraid of something. Well, Americans, obviously. <laughs> he's afraid. He's afraid of something, and he runs away through the streets of New York. And Trent Reznor is behind him, and he's like the bad guy trying to catch him. Well, he's American. Well, because Trent, <laughs> Trent is American, and uh, there's a very great visuals. I wonder who directed that video. Probably another visual, visual yeah. visionary guy that we all know. Um, so, so that too, like. Being David Boy, Ziggy Stardust, you know, Hunky Dory, the man from space, whatever it is, coming back in the 1990s and doing this video with Trent Reznor, which was then still not the director of Apple Music. Yeah, <laughs> he was just he was just an some guy in the 20s. Yeah, in yeah, his 20s, he, I guess. He, he was just well, maybe 30s already, but he oh, was yeah? he was just you know this guy who plays like industrial music and like a little bit obscure to the to the fans and and um 
and he did it and he did it very well it's still like you say it wasn't a big deal it's just just the way it is because I, he liked the music and then there's a wonderful performance which is going around online now of david boy and trent reznor and nine inch nails on stage at the nine inch nails show uh playing hurt mm. which is uh <clears throat> maybe uh trent reznor and nine inch nails most famous song or ballad yeah um a lot of and, famous um, covers as well yeah maybe the famous one was johnny cash's yes cover. of course also in his last days of living he did this covers uh covers project which was produced by rick rubin which is also a fabulous project anyway <laughs> <laughs> and um and um and they do it but they don't play it like the regular song what usually goes on in nine inch nails shows is Trent Reznor sits by the piano he plays the song as it is like the original recording studio um and they didn't do it that way then it was the entire band playing and he brought a little industrial sound and he did it a little boyish interesting. Uh, like like it's supposed to be very and, interesting um, so check out that video because it's very it's very good Yeah, and, and regarding his uh, his newest album and last album, uh, from what I understood is that he was very into uh, jazz music. Oh, really? And uh, he, he, he really worked hard to play as many instruments uh, in this album, and he really wanted to take that whole jazz approach to it and say okay you know i always liked jazz but i i it wasn't for me because i was david bowie he was like limiting himself and at this age i guess he was like you know what i can do whatever i want and i'm gonna i'm gonna try and move this whole look at jazz uh into a new direction from what i also understood he he played the saxophone in there yes he played saxophone but you don't usually saw david boy plays a lot of play a lot of instruments although he was an um, amazing guitarist guitarist yeah he took the guitar and played guitar a lot lots a lot of the times but usually just him in the microphone I think but yeah he plays saxophone he played saxophone very well and I feel like he influenced you know other musicians that I I feel like anytime I listen to what they do and yeah uh, will always remind me of David Bowie like Adrian Ballou of course it's like that is David Bowie in a guitar of course because yeah. it's these insane sounds you don't know where you're going with it but you're uh hypnotized by these just obscure images that are being created in your mind from these vast echoey noises yes. to these little tiny uh clicks happening in the background Which is the exact same thing you can say about Brian Eno's music yeah Yes. And it's all the yes. same click. They were all buddies. Yep. Uh, Brian Eno, uh, Andrian Ballou, David Boy, Robert Fripp. Yep. Uh, yep. Which the whole click did lots of things and collaborations together. I love the Robert Fripp and, and um, Brian Eno's uh, projects together. Yeah. Some incredible stuff there back in the 70s. Um, so yeah, it was a very inspiring. I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine being in a room with those four people. Wow! Right? Brian Eno, David Boy, Adrian Ballou, and Robert Fripp. Yeah, one, talking about music and creating stuff together. I don't know if it happened. Probably, they, it probably that situation occurred some sometime. Naturally, history. naturally it occurred. But but imagine that. I mean, it's beyond us to understand it even yeah. because who are we even? We are not. Any kind of people that can relate to that amount of creativity that oozes off that people into yeah. 
insane. Like th- this is why they are. This is why they are who they are. So yeah. um, bringing those yeah. heavy ambient uh, stuff crazy, from Eno, man, crazy. bringing the crazy singing that uh, David Bowie did because it was always so high and low and yeah, these yeah. very dynamic things, and then Adrian Belew's just basically a little of a goofy guy, yeah, neurotic, more of kind a goofy, of a goofy thing. guy, yeah. It was uh, it was it dancing was around with his guitar, yeah. And he, David Bowie also knew to bring the correct musicians, not only yes. creative artists, but people to play with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Israeli one that we we both uh, Yossi know Fine, like. yeah, we both know Yossi Fine was the best player that uh, played with uh, <clears throat> Boy on the Outside album from um, the 1990s and uh, he did it very well and he also went on tour with them it was uh, yeah it was a great experience and I know that him, there's sure. a lot of a lot of uh, musicians that really uh, tagged along to David Bowie and really yeah. created their their persona and uh, improved their instrument playing just by being around the the guy and and uh, really understanding what he did yeah as well as wacky stuff like the Christmas special that uh, David Bowie did with uh, Bing Crosby Bing Crosby the little drummer boy <laughs> that song I love that bit I love that little bit how and he then walks you, and then you understand how how uh, professional David Bowie is with his singing it's, oh man yeah he sounds like that, Sinatra already that, that's the moment I knew I understood that he's not just you know yelling whatever he wants no he knows what he's doing oh yeah of course he was a professional singer man he was he was really have a deep understanding of his voice it was a little different from it's it was not like your medium regular usual rock pop voice like paul mccartney yeah P- peter gavriel who have you but uh because it was squeaky loud high-pitched um and, and very and strongly pronounced he always would would say the words in a very odd pr- pronunciation yes but it his gain man was incredible yeah i mean he was not freddie mercury opera singing kind of a guy no, no way not at all. but his gain was incredible if you just go right now and put let's dance on and just listen to that first two words playing in the song let's dance yeah. that's crazy so powerful that's crazy how his voice is coming out of there with a crazy gain and um, by the way into, into that tape recorder an interesting thing to check out and we wrote about this in the in the magazine on, on utab is all of the uh the isolated tracks all yeah. the isolated tracks you suddenly understand that the music is so it, it goes everywhere it is very tight but it, it really goes everywhere and then uh his vocals are really what's keeping everything in perspective in a certain way yeah and when when he wants to lose Uh, control uh, he knows when to do that when he just goes and just really loses the voice it's it's to create that illusion of of uh, of uh, um, I don't know Balagan as they uh, say <laughs> Balagan is a Hebrew word for I'm gonna translate try try to translate it as a Hebrew word for a mess but mess that's the word but uh, it's kind of a good mess yeah. we're talking about right now <laughs> yeah so um, that's the that's just the only I mean it, it really is the best term for it uh, yeah man this is um, we are talking now and I'm I'm sad I'm actually sad about this entire thing it's crazy man I mean he was such a great guy guy <laughs> forget forget the music or for, forget the whole um 
whatever the fashion the songs the albums he was such a great guy we need more people in this world like david boy was yeah um and and that are not scared and that are not scared and and i'm gonna say the f word fuck like, <laughs> um and on 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 the, on everything because this is me this is what i represent i don't follow any rules of any of you And I do whatever I want. And sure, he has the privilege because he's David Boy and he did very well back in the day. But <clears throat> he believed man, he, in really good principles. He was, he was so motivated. He was so, he had, he, he, I, I, I want to feel like David Boy felt in his everyday life. Like what he felt towards, let's say, I don't know, like the certain human feeling, like jealousy. Yeah. No, we, we experience jealousy every day. For whatever it is or anxiety or fear or I don't know anything that revolves around us I would like to know how David Boy coped with those things yeah and and, and learn and, from it and learn from <laughs> it and and if and after knowing that I would like to initiate it all myself because it looks great man yeah <laughs> it looks so good to be in his shoes which probably no one could ever be. Um, and it's that's that's the whole sad thing I think about his death that um <clears throat> it was a surprise for all of us and and losing this um person and losing more music that would probably would he would probably make in his lifetime but yeah. also just losing this incredible guy as a part of humanity you know it's 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 a privilege for us to experience this kind of a man in our lifetime because i didn't <clears throat> experience elvis i did not experience john lennon i was born after john lennon was um, yep. shot and killed um but of course i went through everything yeah, and i know still i know it, it's but like it's, it's not like it's like I, i i live it right like everyone else but To, it's it's a real privilege to know that in my lifetime and my adult lifetime I have um, I have made I have I had the privilege I had the luck to be at the same world where David boy was yep really I mean I, I this is may, may sound like a cliche but I I truly believe in that I completely agree yeah all right so um We miss you, David Boy. And, yes, and, enjoy. Uh, I hope you make great music on the other planets you'll go and visit. Yes. Uh, I hope they have good, uh, interesting instruments and uh, that uh, they also will uh, lack uh, any racism uh, of any sort. Uh, love the green people and love the yellow people, as they say. Yes, I hope so, too. <laughs> um, this has been a good but a sad uh, Utah Music Talk podcast. And uh, just... Finish this up, go play boys' music, and um, let it lead your life. And, and for any other news, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, yes. you can follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter uh, really anywhere. It's UTAB Music. Yeah, just, no, just go to utab.com, and down under you can find all our social links to all our channels. Follow us, let us know what you think. We answer to everybody all the time. And we communicate with all the users and fans, so this is your chance. Yeah, and let us know what uh, favorite Bowie song was yours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you sound like Bowie, 
send us your songs as well. Well, I um, <laughs> I doubt that you do. Oh, okay, what 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 is your favorite boy song? Uh, I think I think it's either Ashes to Ashes because or, it was the one that you played just yeah, for, 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 for or, the first or it's, time. It's a uh, Yassassin. Oh right, 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 right. Which was like really brought back Bowie for me not yeah. long ago. Yeah, mine is uh, well, it's probably not the favorite one because it's so hard to choose, right? But there's a song on Hunky Dory called Quicksand, mm. which is incredible uh, arrangement that is done over there. The uh, keyboard and piano player on Hunky Dory was a guy called Rick Wakeman, mm. which was the keyboardist and I think still is for Yes. Um, he's the guy that plays Life on Mars too. Yeah. He's he's the original one, um, and he's a virtuoso kind of a classical player, and he does incredible arrangement with the piano and David Bowie's voice. But I ain't got the power of love. <laughs> It's beautiful. So maybe go ahead and play that. Thank you for uh, being with us. Thank you, Tomai. Thank you. Uh, this has been the third Utah podcast, and we're going to see you again very soon. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.